The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast. This is Max. Today, I have a very special guest, um, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. She's been through a lot of things herself, uh, like a lot of us have, and she's still here today to join me on this podcast and share her story with us, everybody. So um, with further ado, Alberta, what I like to do is have my guests introduce themselves to my audience, like who you are and what it is you you do, and then we're going we're gonna to go. Go ahead, Alberta. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. (laughs) So my name is Alberta Jordan, and I am first and foremost a Christian. I am the joyful mother of two bouncy boys, uh, and I'm a trauma survivor. And what I do is I help trauma survivors find their power. Um, I help them navigate their life post-divorce so that they can bounce back and be powerful, confident, whole, more purposeful, and more attractive in eight weeks or less. So I... um, Where were you, Alberta, when I got divorced 25 years ago? (laughs) Never mind. I just had to throw that in there. Go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I I was still being shaped and crafted. There you go. Again, Alberta, thank you so much for being here. We're just going to have a conversation and talk about some of the challenges that you just described. You go as deep as you want or not. Uh, but what I like to show my audience when we, you know, when we're do- having our discussion is like, it doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is, you know, male, female, whatever, right? Like we all have challenges. Mm-hmm. And I love bringing on guests who've had those challenges, especially in that divorce realm, right? Like you and I know with children, it, it's very tough on everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and sometimes I wouldn't wish a divorce on my worst enemy just because of the things that people go through, right? I don't, everybody's got, you know, yeah. some are amicable. And as you know, some are not so amicable. So let my yeah. audience know, like, these uh, the challenges you went through that brought you to this point where you now help people get through their divorces and, and you know, come back better than they were before the divorce and even after the divorce. Yeah. Yeah. And so one caveat I'll, I'll mention, I, I specialize in helping people who have suffered bad divorces. If you had a good divorce, you don't need me. But I help the people that have suffered bad divorces because of my life story. So 
you know, I know what it feels like to suffer from the pain of a traumatizing divorce. As a trauma survivor, you're, yes, anybody who goes through divorce, you know, you suffer and it's painful. Maybe, maybe not. I've, I've seen some friendly divorces. But for a trauma survivor, your pain is so much more amplified. You already felt powerless and now you're going through this through this process that is so crippling and overwhelming on top of your your childhood hurt that you already had now you have extra hurt and and so speaking about me i was sexually abused at the age of five um and i was sexually abused from both sides of the family actually so that that is the earliest that i can remember of when trauma started in my life um i didn't know you know, how deep and lasting those scars were, um, going through life, um, not telling anyone, carrying this guilt, like it was my fault. Um, and the abuser actually would, would violate me in front of others. You know, I remember this one incident where I was, you know, in this beautiful gathering of females at, at my, at my grandmother's house. I remember this was someone who was a friend of the family and uh, he came over and I'm sitting among my family members and he just reaches out and violates me in front of everybody. And I'm just looking around as this little child thinking here I was feeling safe and secure and happy, you know, with my family until this violator, you know, violated me in front of everybody. And I'm looking around like, didn't you see that? You know, did, didn't you just see that? And nobody saw and it left me feeling so unsafe and and my boundaries were so trampled and just repeated acts of that and of course him threatening you know you better not tell anybody you know all all of that so made me carry the shame of the event on top of you know feeling like i don't deserve anything good um i am not safe i've carried that with me a very long time that, that not feeling safe i became a people pleaser what i wanted in my life didn't matter um, I got used to pain. So a, a person who is traumatized has a very high tolerance for pain. And so I, as a result of that in and of itself, I chose toxic relationships through my life. You know, I, the bigger, badder they were, you know, and some form of that felt safe to me because they had an attitude, right. you know, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. And, but that relationship was so unhealthy. Um, I got, uh, the first time I got married, I was at the age of 18 and, um, just suffer just horrible neglect. And, um, you know, gosh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm internalizing the pain instead of verbalizing the pain, but talk about having your, your boundaries, you know, trampled and, and being ignored and being abused. Um, and I was always trying to fix something that was broken, but I never could. And I never could please my husband. Nothing I did was ever good enough to him. And that left that, you know, piled on further trauma. So um, while I was trying to heal from that, um, the relationships that started after that I'm in counseling and wound up in another relationship while I'm in counseling, I didn't even heal yet. And I wound up in another toxic relationship. So, you know, I always tell people, man, the time, the time you need to take 
is so critical so that you can step back and heal yourself so that you can go right. forward. And that's ultimately what I had to do. But it took me 30 years of trauma to get to that point. But what happened was um, I also, um, you know, after one bad relationship, after another bad relationship, after another, um, ultimately, after my second divorce or sometime during, I suffered a brain hemorrhage. You know, there was just so much stress in my life. Uh, and trying to cope as a survivor, um, I suffered a brain hemorrhage. And that was my wake-up call. Alberta, you need to get it together. You know, if this is not working, you just need to do something different. And so and so I did. I um, I put myself in school a- after I healed from the brain hemorrhage, or seven months later after having the brain hemorrhage, I entered uh, and applied for a master's degree program because I was determined to change my life. And whether that made any sense or not, Alberta was now t- going to take care of Alberta. And that's what I did. So right. I um, enrolled in the master's degree program and then, um, you know, moved uh, us to a safe place and um, completed the master's degree program, did very well in that. Um, and when I Excuse graduated, me. I went into healthcare, and it, it just seemed that every job that I got <laughs> all during this time, even even before the master's degree program, I was always coaching. I've been coaching all my life, but didn't know that was what it was. And it's really funny how you can help other people get what they're what they want in life, but you neglect yourself because you're a trauma survivor. You never turn that love on yourself because you don't right. feel deserving. And so uh, it was actually working in the healthcare system where I found myself coaching trauma victims, actually, people that have lost their limbs and who had uh, suffered burns um, or or other traumas who thought their life was over. I had such incredible results and demand for more uh, serving these people. And um, and then I, you know, got this epiphany, Alberta, this is what you need to do. You get such a high doing this. I had never thought about doing it professionally. But now here was my, you know, my loud and clear saying, Alberta, this is what you were born to do. You've been doing it all your life. And so I put, took it more seriously, put more time and effort into it and poured all the 30 years of my suffering (laughs) and, and pain and what I've learned from that and the things that it took to help Alberta be whole. Now I am happy and whole and I'm gonna tell you, I get a way more attention from the younger guys than I do from guys my age. It's hilarious, but I'm having a lot of fun and I want to help other people heal and go on to live happy lives as well. And see, that's, and you know, and I'm so glad that I, uh, you agreed to become a guest on here, right? You just, I mean, we could go, this could go for hours, right? Like the discussion on like trauma and, and right. Like your proof. Yeah. Where, like, especially when you were little, right? It's always um, what they say. It's usually someone close to the family. It's a family member that, or someone close to the family, right? And yeah, you know that feeling, like you said, when no one saw it. When no one saw it, you know, you felt unsafe. And then, how did 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as a little kid, that is hard yeah. to overcome, right? Because if you don't feel safe, yes. Um, like how do you okay, how do I want to put this, right? Like, how did you realize? Right. Because you said later in life, right, as you became an adult. Mm -hmm. Right. And many mm -hmm. uh, we usually carry that stuff on into other relationships. Right. Like in your case, I'm yep. just guessing. Right. But you probably part of you said, yep. well, I can fix this guy because I know how I want him to be. And then I'm right. And when it didn't turn out, yeah, it turns into that yeah. toxic relationship. Right. But yep. what I want you to tell yep. the audience is like, when did you have that realization where like. I have to fix me first. It's not about me fixing anybody outside of me. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for bringing it up because that's the other thing I like to talk about is the victim mindset. So as long as I was in the victim mindset, I was not able to make any changes because as a victim, you, um, you focus more on the external forces. Like, for example, something simple. If I missed the bus, it was that bus left me instead of Alberta didn't get to the bus stop on time. That's the difference between a victim mentality and not. You have got to you've got to switch out of victim mentality. And the way that you do that is you 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 tell yourself the truth. So what therapy did for me. Therapy helps you to acknowledge what happened to you. And that's what I had to do. I, I got back in therapy and I had to, to now acknowledge, okay, I've got, you know, all this that happened to me. I had to tell myself the truth. Yes, it happened. It wasn't my fault and forgive myself so that I can move on. Now, once I acknowledged in therapy what happened to me and I started telling myself the truth, which was so key, then that's when you need a coach after to help you move forward. I had to coach myself. <laughs> right. But, but that's but that's key. You have to tell yourself the truth. Right. Because until you it's almost like addiction, right? Until you acknowledge that you have a problem, right? Even though it wasn't yes. your fault, right? The problem was that you were not acknowledging that it wasn't your fault, right? That somebody yeah. did this to you, right? And yeah, and I and I know that victim mentality. I played it well for so long. Thus, my addiction, right? Oh, my marriage yeah. went south, right? My dad was never yeah. around, right? Blah 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 yeah. blah. And, and you know, nine years of active addiction almost sent me to prison, right? So when I finally, like yeah. you said, just went like, okay, Max, you got to stop this, right? Like, you got to take yeah. a good look in the mirror. And start with you. Here I am 19 years later, clean and sober. And, you know, I get to be with amazing guests like yourself and, and talk about these issues and how people like yourself are so resilient, right? Because you said it clearly, right? Because I believe therapy, coaching, all of it has its place, right? But mm -hmm. see, like where therapy takes you back, right? And you visit those areas yep. in your past. Um, yeah, to heal them, right? Where coaching is, we're yeah. going to work in the present and we're going to work today. What's yeah. going to move you forward, right? So tell exactly. the audience. That's exactly it. Right. So tell the audience how that process was for you, right? Because I know you said, I heard you say you were went through two divorces. Yeah, I went through right. two divorces. Right. Yeah. And, and, and well, you know, we've talked about this, right? Like those can be very taxing on the soul, right? you know? Um, yeah. Oh, how yeah. did you, how tell the audience like how you 
finally managed to just go, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm going to be the best Alberta that I can be. And I'm going to help other people do the same, especially in, right? Like I was, yeah. He's in you earlier, but it's true. Like, well, I wish I would have found somebody like that like 25 years ago because I had no clue on what to do, right? My yeah. coping thing, my coping mechanism was to get drunk and to do drugs, right? And and cut yeah. myself off from everybody. So tell the audience how that yeah. worked out for you, like how you yeah. started to become overcome that victim mentality and say, nope, I'm not going to be that. Yeah. And, and, and let me admit how suicidal I felt with the first divorce, for sure. That was my first love. Um, and so it's very hard not to reach for something to drown the pain. But um, I just I just wasn't raised that way. You know, I, I had my parents in my ear always telling me to look to God, you know, take it to God, whatever it is that's bugging you. So. So that's what I that's what I did. But boy, let me tell you how much I wanted to drink and 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 how I had whole <laughs> so many other thoughts on what to do. So what was key for me in my life to help me with my change was I had somebody c- confront me one day lovingly. Um, now, when a victim, a person with the victim mindset is confronted only if they're ready, will they start to make a change? So I had suffered for so long that I was just good and tired. It's like the person who was in an abusive race relationship. People say, ah, oh, you know, why don't they just leave? Well, they're not ready to leave yet. Yes, they're in wow. pain. But let me tell you, when they get ready, when they've had enough, they're going to do something about it. There's nothing anybody else can do. If you If you grab that person and try to remove them, they're going back because they're not ready. Um, I was ready when I had somebody confront me one day, Alberta, stop always happening to you. And I thought about that. And this was somebody that was a good friend of mine. And it dawned on me that all my complaining was probably starting to push her away. And I didn't want that. I'm someone who really, really values relationships. My friendships and family, they're very, very dear to me, like gold. So when she confronted me, she gave me something to think about. Right. And so I thought about it and I thought about it. And then I started to replay back stuff that I had been saying. And I had to just tell myself the truth. Um, so that was was keys, having somebody around me who was honest with me and not telling me what I wanted to hear. So that started the chain of succession. Um, also in these relationships, I mentioned that they were toxic. For me, I suffered uh, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, financial abuse, physical abuse, you name it. Um, I had had enough. <laughs> and when a person has enough, then they're ready. They're ready to move on. And well, that's, that's so just like addiction, right? You know what I mean? When you're sick and tired <laughs> yes. of being sick and tired, yeah. you're going to make some yeah. changes. Yeah. And I'm the kind of person who always would, you know, look at other couples and go, okay, um, they don't look happy. I don't want to be like that. What do I need to do to, to, to be happy? But it takes two in a relationship to make it work. So, yeah, I wasn't completely healthy either. Yeah, I, I'll admit that. But that's, but that's my truth. You know, both have to be true, truthful. Right. 
right. and be willing to to do what it takes. So um so I was honest with myself and I and I suffered enough pain. And quite frankly, pain apparently moves Alberta. <laughs> so that's well, how I got <laughs> to the next step. Well, I've always been taught that pain is a great motivator. You're either going to move forward because you want to get away from it and do something different. Yeah. Or, you know, like we talked about, it could go the other way, which is not good. But um, right, I appreciate you, you know, telling my audience what you went through, right? Because it just shows the great resilience you have. And you give my I know you're giving some of my audience hope, right? Because I know there's people out there that have suffered what you've gone through, right? Or yeah. whatever the challenge may be see and i like to call them challenges now right instead of problems mm -hmm. right because mm -hmm. part of that like what you went through you started to um uh and tell me your opinion right but i think you got to a point where you had to start talking to yourself even differently like how yeah you know that dialogue in your head was instead of like you're not worth it you know you don't deserve yeah. this to i am worthy and i deserve the best life possible um yeah yeah tell my audience how how you how that started for you too right because i want my audience to know that you know there should be nothing ever to hold them back right and yeah so i'm glad you 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 just helped me remember that so i i think when you're in a relationship that is so bad that i was in a relationship that was so bad i had to talk to my body parts just to go home i had to say stomach because I was having these unexplained headaches and stomach aches. Um, stomach is going to be okay. Like literally when it was time to go home, I would start to get sick. And I would say, stomach, you're going to be okay, stomach. God knows he's with you. He's watching you. Head, you're going to be okay, head. And, right. and we're in this together. Literally. Literally. And when you get to that point, I mean, it, it gives you such fight that you go, I cannot. I will not continue to live like this. Um, when I decided to go, when I pursued my master's degree, I remember such a stark contrast from the beginning of the program where he always, the program uh, director always talked about, you know, uh, how we were going to be so successful and how we were going to be so confident and we're going to be such great leaders. I heard such positivity um, and that helped me kind of like affirmations to hear that over and over. At first, I wasn't really, I wasn't really, I was hesitant to believe that at first. And then after some time, I, I started to question, could I really be a good leader? Now, I had been a good leader all my life and whatever I had done to the best of my ability, not perfect. Right. You know, but, but always believed in loving people and doing for people and trying to do the right thing. But this is a whole new level now. That master's degree program was so valuable to me that literally when I graduated, I was a different person. Because what you have to do to succeed in that program, you got to do stuff that they don't that you don't even believe you can do. The entire program, they literally um, give you a really heavy assignment with no solution and you've got to dig in, research it, turn it around and do a presentation. So like a board <laughs> of directors within like a week, maybe two or maybe a week and a half. So you had to do these, pull these incredible stunts 
<laughs> and when you do stuff like that, when you accomplish these huge challenges that you didn't think you can do, that increases your self-esteem. Absolutely. And so that's what that did for me. I I kept overcoming challenges that increased my self-esteem. One of the things I remember too that I did, um, which I am still shocked to this day or surprised, but I did this. We went out to a retreat as a group of us. And we all were sort of made this path. We in this together. This was a leadership retreat. I had to climb a 40 foot tree, 40 feet. You know, climbing 10 feet is a feat for me, but 40 <laughs> feet in the air. And then I had to walk across a plank that was so narrow that it wasn't wide enough for my one foot. And I had to walk one once I climbed the 40 feet. Now you up there. Don't look down, Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look down. So this is where my faith really came into play. Right. Because they tell they told me I walked so fast across that plank and jumped. And literally, <laughs> I was just thinking, God, I know you got me. You have you've been with me all this time. You've helped me all of this time. And I'm leaning on you. And I jumped because I was afraid I was going to fall. One slip, it was over. <laughs> so, right, and it, that it, did something for me. I love that story because you know you think about the things that like scare us, right? Or we get thrust into something or thrown into something where all of a sudden, like me and God are best friends. Like, hey, God, I know you got my back. <laughs> you know, just just make sure you know. Like, remember that footprints prayer that you said, right? Like when I'm going through these tough times, it was then that you carried me. So I'm hoping you're carrying me right now, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Right, all of us, see, I love that. All of us have these challenges, right? Like the things that have pushed us yeah. forward. And you got to admit, right at the time, you don't think like, I don't know how am I going to do this, right? Like, oh my god, I'm, I'm going through it. Like your case, I'm going through a master's program. <laughs> For me, it was when I went through my bachelor's program, right? And going through statistics, I was having oh, conversations with God all the time. <laughs> God, if you really love me, you'll help me pass this class, yeah. right? The first time I yeah. failed it. Um, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm just like, oh, my yes, God. I do. You know, the please. craziness, the madness is real. Oh, yes. You know, and and it, <laughs> that's, you know, my father had passed away a long time ago. But, you know, that's when I would have these conversations with him. Like, Dad, look, you were supposed to be here. So I understood this stuff because I heard you were a genius in math. But your gene passed me and <laughs> me and my brother. Right. It went like supersonic past yeah. us. I don't understand this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, right? Like, I believe us humans are so resilient and and some have been through some, I know you've heard stories out there of people who have just gone, you know, whether it's wartime stuff or, right, like yourself who mm -hmm. has gone through mm -hmm. domestic violence or whatever the case may be um, and gotten through it. And, you know, like if you see them, you wouldn't even recognize them back then because they're totally different people. But they're like yes. you. They're like you, Alberta. You got to a point where you said, enough's enough. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to be the best I can be so that I can help others. And I think for me, like, I think that's when God, the universe, or whatever you want to call it for you guys out there, my audience, right? But for me, it's God. 
that's when he says, I'm going to get you through this because you are going to help people that need you. You're going to be able to help people, mm-hmm. day, whatever, you know, like your case, helping people that overcome that divorce or, <clears throat> you know, in my case, it's helping people get clean and sober and doing stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, it takes, right. They say we can't help others until, unless we've been through similar things, right? Like, yeah. Unless we've been yep. through that fire, excuse me. Um, yeah. Or because you can't relate, right? Otherwise, right? Uh, exactly right. So if someone's gone through what hasn't gone through what you've gone through, um, and you're telling them how to do stuff, they're just going to look at you like, "Why well, I've never, I never done that," right? Or in my case, like mm-hmm. say, I, I'm I'm trying to get sober, but I'm talking to someone who goes, I. I have no idea what you're talking about, right? Like, so I'm talking mm-hmm. to them and then they're like, you know, the Peanuts cartoon, all they hear is rant, 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 rant. You know what I mean? And you're going, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, don't you understand? But we all have our place, right? And we all have yes. um, our mission, our purpose, right? And w- yes. like, mm-hmm. when did you know that helping others to uh, get through that divorce, right? And help them. Uh, not only get through it, become stronger on the other side. When did you know that was your purpose? So when I worked in healthcare and I just saw the results and um, of of trauma survivors that came through the system, that was when I decided to narrow my focus. Um, I'd always had good, um, you know, good results with just general coaching in general, helping teenagers, adults. Um, it didn't matter. Um, but with with that experience, having someone who felt so hopeless to then see their eyes light up and for them to be so hopeful and to ask for more, that really touched me. That was so meaningful to me. Right. And sometimes that's, that's what it takes, right? When that person just happens to present right in front of us right that's like god saying here's mm-hmm. your calling i'm giving you this person so you could use your talents and what you've been through to help them um and sometimes i think people miss it right because they may be still not at that stage where they're like i'm not i'm not sick and tired of being sick and tired yet right but i think all of us yeah. come to a point where that happens and then that light goes on and goes i know what my purpose is you know what i mean yeah. Um, and, you know, God bless you for helping people. Right. Like I said, I was, you know, teasing you earlier. Where were you 25, 30 years ago where I, I might have <laughs> needed this? Right. Uh, but it is yeah. what it is. Right. And it, I learned from it, yeah. obviously. I mean, some like some of us are quickly, some are slowly. And I'm always on that slowly yeah. side. Right. I have to hit my head against the wall <laughs> a few times. Um, yeah, you're not alone, though. You know, you know I, I eventually get there. Yeah. Um, but this is, yeah. uh, you know, been amazing so far because people need to understand that they have, I have this saying that it goes like this you have everything you need to be great today. Right. And yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? Because we think about it, right? Um, I had a mm-hmm. friend teach me about God one time, and he goes, "How do you, he asked me how you pray. And I told him, well, like this with my head down. He goes, why do you look down? God's all around you. Matter of fact, God's right here. And he pointed to my chest, and he goes, 
he goes, you just have to learn to tap into it because God is with you all the time inside. You could look up, you could, you know what I mean? You don't have to always mm-hmm. look mm-hmm. down and bow your head. And I go, well, isn't it a sign mm-hmm. of respect? Well, I go, and he would go, well, if God was here, he'd want you to look into his eyes, right? <laughs> I said, well, depends on who you're talking to, right? But yes, I told him. Mm-hmm. And he goes, so he goes, remember that um, the power you need to get through each and every day is right there. And then that's when I thought about it. I said, oh, well, so the power, I I have the power to be great every day. And he said, bing. Mm-hmm. Right? And think about it. We all do. Right? Yeah, indeed. And, and what if we all did that? What a more, a more beautiful place this would be if we just reached out and just did our part. I mean, we all have a specific purpose. You know, there uh, we have different purposes, which is great. And we all have something special to make this a better place. So um, helping each other so that we can get through the bad times and discover if we don't know already what our purpose is. I think that's what we're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more, Alberta, is, you know, instead of fighting each other or fighting the differences, right? Um, Something that I learned in my 12-step program that has kept me sober for 19 years, right, is someone told me in the beginning, it said, stop looking for the differences and look for the similarities, right? Because if Mm -hmm. you think about it, it doesn't matter where you come from, right? Like you're in wherever part of the country you're at, I'm in California, right? There's still mm-hmm. some similarities that you and I have, right? And, right, and I think, that's right. You know, I, people, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, right? We should always be helpful to each other, right? There's already enough strife in the world, right? So that's right. Right. God put you and I in a position to help as many people as we can, right? And and, and and be that light in the world, right? Because everybody needs mm-hmm. a light. And um, you know, Indeed. I'm great. I'm grateful that uh you came on to and shared uh-huh. what you have so far. Um so in your coaching business, right? Can you mm-hmm. touch on a little bit like how you help someone uh who's just gone through divorce? Uh, and let me ask you, do you help um females, males, or both or how does that work? Uh, so uh, I start with a consult so that I can understand what the need is. Number one, I need to know if they're ready or not. If you are in a victim mindset or have you switched out of it yet? Um, are you willing to switch out of it yet? Because I'm not for everybody and I can't help you if you are not willing to switch out of a victim mindset. I'll just acknowledge that up front. I'm not going to beat my head upset <laughs> of the yeah, wall, right. Uh, right. wasting their time and my time because uh, they're not ready yet. They can come back to me when they're ready. Um, and so once we, once we, you know, we talk it out and, and, and we assess what the needs are. So with coaching, the person drives whatever the goal is, you know, I've got, my program addresses mind, body, and and um, and the mental. Uh, I try to be very holistic and very thorough, providing some healing and wholeness along the way to heal some hurts. Um, it's better if a person has already had therapy to acknowledge what happened to them, because I don't want to trigger anybody. But right. what I do is is I understand, you know, where the person is what do they want 
and then tailor the program to include that. And then we work on um, week by week, we work on what the needs are. So I address things like powerlessness, a a trauma victim feels very powerless because of what happened to them in the past. It could be the way that they grew up. It could be the, you know, the parenting style, whether they got what they needed or didn't get what they needed um, or, or whatever abuse was suffered. Um, That person did not have control. And so um, I make sure I address the powerlessness so that they can begin to regain some control in their life. And then also I, um, I address their purpose you know, we, we get to that uh, through the program as well. Um, and that is so important because that also addresses self-esteem, um, that addresses um, the lack of freedom that a trauma victim has. So typically because a trauma victim was um, made to suffer whatever the perpetrator wanted, they don't have any boundaries. Um, And so because they don't have any boundaries, they don't know what they want. They don't even know who they are. So we address that. We address um, the identity, you know, formulating who they are. We address um, setting boundaries. It's just very thorough so that the person comes out not only whole and, and, and accomplishing whatever goals it was that they wanted, but then also I throw a little sexy in there at the end if that's what they want. So, um, nice. I love so it's it. very customized. I love it. Right. And and see, and that's what my audience needs to understand. And if you're listening, everybody, um, right, it's a process. And, and I'm sure you tell your clients, right? Like I tell mine, like, just trust the process. Right. I'm not going to tell yeah. you to do anything that I have not done myself. Right. Because my, my purpose yeah. here is to see you change and to become a better person right and a whole person like you want to be right because that's especially when they come and tell you that i want to be whole again or you know whatever the case may be um wow it's just it's an amazing process i would love to watch that one day you know because i think about my process right and and doing it on my own it was ugly you know and it wasn't fun it Mm. wasn't right um and now I have, yeah. you know, if people ever ask me, hey, who do you know who's a, a good uh, divorce coach and it helps you? And I'll, I got Alberta now. You know what I mean? All right. Um, <laughs> so I totally appreciate you being so open and honest with my audience. Um, so there's a couple of questions I love to ask you myself, my personal sure. questions. Um, sure. and, and that is fearless, right? I wrote a book called Fearless Happiness and I named my podcast after it. Um, it's called fearless happiness, my addiction, my battles, my recovery. So fearless, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how does, what does fearless mean to you first? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis now? Mm-hmm. You just reminded me first to make sure that I emphasize that I work with people post divorce, not okay. through the divorce. You take care of all that. Once you get through with all that, then I step in and I hold your hand through the process. Gotcha. Because okay. sometimes that, well, let's, um, so, people need that. I think sometimes it's, you know, I mean, they, they got to go through the process, but sometimes it, or most of the time I knew for me back then, if I had someone holding my hand post divorce, yeah. things might've turned yeah. out different, but 
I know everything happens for a reason and I'm here and I had to go through what I went through for a reason. Um, okay. But back to uh, fearless, like what does that mean fearless. to you? And how does that show up in your life every day, Alberta? Fearless means to Alberta being authentic. Um, it is so important to be authentic right now. We live in a world that so many people hide behind their devices, behind their filters. You don't know who they are. Um, they're not, um, they're not really authentic. And I just, I, I put a lot of value in being authentic. That is why I love you so much, Max. Yeah. <laughs> you are, you are indeed very authentic. And I guess what that means to me or what it looks like for me is God's unconditional love. That's what that means to me. Unconditional love and motherhood, sunshine, smiles, <laughs> hugs, um, positive, supportive connections, serving other people, which is something I love to do. Um, and, you know, when I'm authentic, that's when I'm happy. When I am giving um, of myself to the world to make somebody else have a better positive experience, then I'm showing up the way that I was meant to show up. And it makes a difference. If you yeah. just think about something as simple as a smile, you know, think mm. about the ripple effect of just a smile. Absolutely. And how that just, it continues to ripple out. And so to me, that's why it's so important to be authentic. Um, you don't know who needs you today. You know, you may need that authenticity tomorrow because we all have our ups and downs. Yep. So, yeah, but that's what that means to me. It's authenticity and unconditional love. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. That's, yeah. Oh, did you hear that audience? Let that sink in. So my second question, right, is happiness. And as you see, I put a Y in there. Uh, knowing I put that Y in there, what does happiness mean to you? And how does that show up in your life? Uh, uh, goodness, I, I would say the same thing. So happiness is, is uh, God's unconditional love. Um, it gives me the right attitude and mindset so that I am unaffected as much as can be by ugliness, um, by attitudes, because it, it makes me more sensitive. So you don't know what that person's going through, you know, so I can retain my smile and my inner joy. And hopefully I'm sharing that with you because you look like you need it today. Right. It, you know, when you run across a grumpy person, right. Um <laughs> Which, which we do and right and and on, on on a bad day i guess i'm that grumpy person i try not to be but um <laughs> right I, I like i love to laugh but just being honest um happiness is is god's love i couldn't agree more right without that we're nothing i love it i love it i'm so glad like i said i keep saying it but i'm so glad you came so i'm going to ask you if my audience wants to reach out to you because they need that held, you know, their hand held. They've just gone through a divorce. How can they get a hold of you, Alberta? 
how can they reach you? How can they get you to be sure. their coach? Sure. So they could book a call with me. My website is excelled-life.coach. Excelled, E-X-H-A-L-E-D-life.coach. I love it. Man, this has been an amazing episode, Alberta. But there is one more question that I love to ask my guests. So you, there's actually three. I always tell you two questions, but there's actually three. <laughs> so okay, sure. what is one piece of advice that you could give my audience that will help them grow as human beings and help them become better human beings? The best thing I can think of is to always tell yourself the truth. Always, always tell yourself the truth. It might be uncomfortable. Um, but you need to, you need to be honest with you. If you're not honest with nobody else, just tell yourself the truth because it can keep you out of danger. Right. It can keep you safe. You're the only one that can keep you safe. You know exactly what's going on. And sometimes your body is talking to you, especially if you're a trauma victim and you're ignoring it. You see those red flags, you see what's going on, but you ignore it. When you ignore it, you re-traumatize yourself. Tell yourself the truth. Absolutely. It's like that saying, right? To thine own self be true. You exactly. have to, right? Because it's like yeah. that saying, right? If I can't love myself, how am I going to love you or anybody else, right? If I can't be honest yeah. with myself, it's going to be very difficult. I love that, Alberta. Thank you so much so much for for being a guest and and coming here and sharing your wisdom with my audience and showing Thank your you. resilience and how you bounce back and how you're shining your light in the world today i appreciate it so much so everybody if if alberta made you smile if she made you think if she made you go hmm <laughs> please leave a five star review so people can find it and come join us on the podcast until next time Everybody have a great morning, great afternoon, or great evening, and I will see you later. You've been listening to Fearless Happiness. The numbers on addiction are absolutely stunning. Max lived in addiction for years, and during that time, made some terrible choices, losing his family, friends, and career. But he turned his life around, and now Max works as a substance abuse counselor helping people in their recovery. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun along the way. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at maxnaced.com. On Facebook at max.naced. Till next time, keep the fight. And we'll see you soon.